Kings fans, are you ready to see that Stanley Cup banner raised again? You are now listening to The Bannerman, an L.A. Kings podcast. We're in the heart of December. It's the holidays. It's Christmas time. The Bannermen have been dreaming of a white Christmas, but it's not quite happening this season for us. How are you tonight, my friend, Vardy? I'm jolly good. Ho, 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 and all that nonsense. Yes. Let's do this. This is pretty much going to be our Christmas episode because I think um, we do, as you guys know, we do an episode every two weeks and in two weeks it'll be like right in the dead of the holiday season and we're going to be running around. I know Vardy's got a lot of traveling to do and I'm actually traveling to New York for the first time in my Lovely. young life. Are you uh, taking I, your skates? It's funny. I think I am. Yeah. I think I am. But if it becomes a problem, I'll just rent whatever and I'll skate over there. Just some janky ass figure yeah. skates on Rockefeller ice. Right. It's funny. I've been to like Japan, Bosnia, Iceland, <laughs> Ireland. Those are three <laughs> random places to mention. That's what I'm saying. And, and somehow I have never been to New York. It's kind of odd, but I'm finally doing it. I'm very excited for it. That's a, it's a good time to go too. Dead in uh, Christmas season and everything. Hopefully it's not too blizzardy, but just you know, wintry enough. Well, for it you. can't be worse than Toronto, right, Vardy? Uh the the ill-fated Toronto trip for God. It wasn't that ill-fated. It was not it was ill-fated. Just, it no, was not. it was. It was, it was just a bad blizzard. Timing. Yes. So a little backstory in uh, two thousand four. <laughs> Uh, we took a trip to Toronto. Vardy and I were part of a group that went to Toronto. Just a, yeah, exactly. A friend trip. Um, shout out to our boys, the Boomerang and the the real big art friend of the show who are also there with us. That's um, right. So we went. It was cold. But the funny part, what made it really cold is that we booked the trip before the NHL had announced the lockout. So we mm-hmm. were fully expecting to go to Air Canada Center, catch a game at some point. And these things usually get booked far in advance. And uh, the, the lockout was announced and we figured, you know what, work stoppage, month or two, we're still good. We're still good. We're still – no, no. There was the full season. We went – Dreamers that we were. Uh, bright young men who who hadn't been uh, slapped with the harsh hand of reality yet no and it hit us there in in toronto because right off the bat i want to preface this by saying i was a young man and i had booked our hotel in mississauga instead of toronto so right off the bat not a good start strike one strike one that's on me this is for Uh, your 21st birthday too wasn't it isn't that why we were going that's right just now, now everyone knows exactly how old I am. Good job. My bad. It's all good, guys. Um, I'm I'm turning 35 this year, so send me some Twitter wishes. <laughs> it's on the 29th. Um, then the weather, of course, was a problem. It was cold as hell. Uh, we did not take into account that the entire country would be shut down on Boxing Day uh, and Christmas. And mm-hmm. so for the most part, <laughs> during our trip, there, nothing was open. Uh, we did a lot of walking. We got to see the Hall of Fame. That was great. Uh, we, that was the highlight of, you know, pretty much my 20s, I yeah, would say. Yeah. Um, we went to Wayne Gretzky's restaurant. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not. It just the ambiance yeah, don't was remember. awesome. Don't We're remember. just going to remember uh, fondly. Really cool memorabilia. <laughs> I remember that it's in that true. restaurant. Um, so anyway, long story short, I'm hoping New York is – 
a little more tolerable than the freezing, freezing cold of Toronto. I didn't was. want to bring this up, but there's a rumor that there might be a lockout. You don't don't do You're this to me. Lock- <laughs> the next week, they're just going to throw it at you. <laughs> just you know what? It's fine because the Rangers are out of town the entire time I'm there, so I'm not even going to be able to go to MSG to catch a game. So you know what? Lock it out, guys. The King season is done. We don't care. Lock it up. Yeah. Um, I'm down. Yeah, I'm down with that. Episode saves thirty-two. Me the, saves me the next, uh, saves me the next six months of my life. Yes. Before we continue, I want to ask you, Vardy, and I've had a very heated debate um, about this. If you had to watch one Christmas movie, okay. one Christmas movie every okay. holiday season, what would it be? I guess it's the same thing as asking, "What's your favorite Christmas movie?" Jingle all the way. Ooh, ballsy choice. Only because it's Simbad, hearing Arnold it? <laughs> say it's turbo time. It's <laughs> worth times. It's worth all of my holidays rolled into one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's turbo time. Yeah. And try and imagine that that man named his kid Max. <laughs> Or whatever the hell it was. I think it was Matt. <laughs> it was, it was, <laughs> now I have to IMDB it. I'm almost 100% sure. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm saying it's not Max. Um, All right. While I'm looking this up, we can we can get into okay, other things. We'll get into mine, I guess. Okay. I think I'm going to go – I'm going to cheat and say the Home Alone franchise – Mm. One and two. That's a that's a solid pick. Those are solid, solid choices, man. Don't you think two is just as good as one? I don't I mean just as it's good. It's still it still has the same appeal, right? Like they didn't change the formula too much. No, they just some would argue it's the same <laughs> same movie basically in a different location. I mean that but that's a key though. <laughs> that is the key. And uh why fix something? That's right. That will never break. But, but then you you take you take the bandit element. I like the bandit element, and you know what else I like? Tim Curry. Ex- in that I movie. was exactly going to say that. I was like, you you spice it up by throwing a little Tim Curry in there. Tim Curry makes it better. I minus points for the poopy pigeon lady. Maybe that <laughs> Who kind of the day. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the that's sex pigeon lady. <laughs> that's kind of a downer, <laughs> but but Tim Curry man makes it, and that one. Um, cross cut with him and the Grinch smiling at the same time. That's like the image I take from that movie. So that tells you how important Tim Curry is to that uh, movie. Anyway, so what's this kid's name? You want to know a fun factoid? Sure. Yes. Do you know what else the kid from Jingle All the Way was in? Oh, absolutely, my friend. Star Wars Episode One. Indeed. He, he was young Anakin, Anakin Skywalker. Skywalker. Of course. And his name in Jingle All the Way was Jamie. Bam. <laughs> there Jamie! <it> is. <laughs> yes, exactly. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's double time, Jamie. Uh, Happy holidays, everyone. The musings Happy of Vardy, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Um, Vardy, it's episode 32. It is indeed. I'm and only one man. It. I'm gonna let you handle One it. man could be commemorated for this 
illustrious episode, the one and only Roman Czechmonic. (laughs) (laughs) You know, right when you started that sentence, I was like, who is he going to pull? I was thinking about the number 32s in history, and and it seems like in – when you think back as a Kings fan, it goes Rudy to quick, but it does not. No, there was several stops in there. Would you like to know how many? Let's hear it. It went Rudy, and then you had Jean-Claude Bergeron, mm. Danny Legacy. Oh, I remember Legacy. The Grim Reaper. Oh, yeah, Stu number. Grimson. That is correct. Number 32, ballsy. That's right. Current, uh, current LA Kings um, intermission color guy, Derek Armstrong. Oh, really? Briefly. So this is before he went to seven. Yeah, briefly mm. worn in 2003. Okay. Then then it was chemo time. It was Roman chemo Czech time, Monics. yes. Barry Brust. Barry Brust. <laughs> Getting in on the action. And then 12 glorious years of uh, Jonathan Quick since. And they have been glorious, and, my and friend. never again will the number 32 be worn. I think that is unanimous across the mm-hmm. board. Anyone mm-hmm. you ask, that number is going... To the rafters, hopefully covering that god-awful Taylor Swift banner. It's time, guys. Nothing has gone right. Taylor Swift's birthday. Don't you dare speak ill of her. I don't even care. I'm sorry. She's ruined my life for the last five years with her consecutive sold-out performances. Do you remember how excited we were when the Kings got Monic? I do. so long since we had I believe we've told the story where Vardy went with a brand-new goalie Uh, stick. Oh, he I didn't would, let anyone else sign it. We went to a Tip a King event, yes. and I got a brand new goalie stick. Check Monica hadn't played a game for us. No. And I insisted that he sign it with as big a marker as he could on the blade. I still have that stick. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Is it still hanging on your wall? No. <laughs> Good call. Thankfully, it was, uh, it was replaced the following year by uh, a, another goalie stick that I had signed by the entire team. Much better, including including um, I believe uh, the late great Pavel Dimitra. Yes, Luke if it Robitaille. was the next year, yes, yeah. yes. Luke Robitaille, and I want to say Ronick was Ronick on there too. Ronick was on that team. Yeah. yeah, that stick has got some names on it, man. That's a good stick. Uh, that's that's good an upgrade stick. from Roman Czechmonic. A smidgen. Yeah, so which means Matthew Guerron was probably on that twig as well. So. Possibly, I he, can't remember if I. Well, he was if, the goalie, so. Yeah, I, 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 so. I mean, it was whoever I could get, but definitely yeah. those three guys. I distinctly remember getting their autos on there. It's a beautiful moment. Good times, good memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, Simpler th- times, pre-cup <laughs> times, when the world was our oyster. Making the playoffs was all we could, you know, that made us happy. Yeah, n- yeah, we've been spoiled rotten, and uh, that takes us right up to today, Vardy. Here LA, we are. The LA Kings are, I believe, no longer dead last in the NHL. Thanks to the remarkable work of the Chicago Blackhawks, who That's I right. believe have gone three wins and 15 losses in their last 18 games. That is bad on another level. So now the Kings <laughs> reside, the in worst. The, <laughs> reside in the 30th spot. Um, which lowers their chances of getting Jack Hughes. We'll get into all this stuff right now, but a lot has happened. Actually, actually, update as of tonight, we're back at 31. Is it because of games played? Yes. There no, 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 no. The no. Hawks have one point more than us. How? How did that I, happen? I, did they I win don't know. today? I don't know. This is 
Yeah, they beat Pittsburgh yesterday, actually. That's right. The Penguins playing all kinds of bad hockey right now. I mean, if, if nothing else, this kind of makes me feel a little bit better that we're bottom feeding between Chicago, St. Louis, Penn. Penguins, I mean, they're, they're not, not. They're kind of middle of the pack, but like they're a little lower really, than that. But I, yeah, but the, they really haven't been. They really haven't been anywhere near the conversation of a dominant team this year. You can, which, but you trust that Pittsburgh can turn it on. I thought Chicago could turn it on. Oh, oh my! But here we are. Well, yeah. Anyway, um, it's been a it's been a rough stretch, man, for these teams. It's funny you mentioned Chicago, St. Louis. LA once the cream of the Western Conference crop, mm-hmm. the three baddest dudes on the block. Uh, you don't have to go too far back. Those three teams, no one wanted them in the playoffs. The LA St. Louis series always entertaining. Um, the LA Chicago series always entertaining. And now all three battling for the number one overall pick. Who would have thunk it, Vardy? Yeah, that soon, that fast. But that's hockey right now. That's the NHL right now. Uh, you can go down quick, but I guess the good news is you could come up really quick. You'd look no further than the Colorado Avalanche, mm-hmm. who I believe two seasons ago looked like the worst team in hockey, bar none. Uh, in fact, statistically, they were the worst team in hockey as well. Um, but they've really turned it around, and now they're one of the top teams in the West. So hopefully the days of five-year, six-year rebuilds is in the rearview mirror, hopefully for the Kings, because now, man, it's really... We were questioning this, right, last episode. is like, what, what the hell is going to happen? We're really upset about the Kovalchuk situation, but now here we are. It looks like we're looking at a mini retool, rebuild, the mayor, John Hoven, calls it recreate. Yeah. Recreation of the LA Kings. So how do you feel about all this, Vardy? Um, I've, I've kind of, I've kind of learned to stop being angry. Truthfully, I've, I've gone through the motions, I think. And now I, I've actually been able to watch at least for the last week or so. There's been a few games that I've been able to watch and, and actually enjoy it. I think the performance overall has gotten a little bit better. They had some good games over the last week against, against, uh, Vegas, for example, I thoroughly enjoyed watching that game. And so I think I've just kind of started taking the season, not as a whole, but in little snippets and trying to find little positive spins, if you will. I mean, I still, you know, you're still going to get the angry tweets from me because that's just who I am at baseline. But I'm, I'm able to kind of enjoy a game rather than sit there and let it ruin my night and the following day like it basically was up until the end of November. You know, I've I've accepted that this is going to be a bottom five team through the end of the season. I'm, I'm seeing no signs to the contrary for them to be consistent enough to, to change that. And I've also accepted that there's going to be a lot of familiar faces that are not going to be here come March. Um, and I'm OK with that. Because I'm I'm realistic. I'm I'm not I I'm appreciative of what these players have done for us, but I'm also understanding that we're not where we need to be and the best place that the best way we can get to where we need to be is by by moving some guys before they completely lose their value. You know? You can't just hold on to the nostalgia of it all, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, it's tough because we've always said that the Kings would not be blowing up this core. The Kings would not be going full uh, scorched earth rebuild. 
we still maintain that to a certain degree, but names that I think me personally would not have expected to come up in trade rumors have come up in trade rumors, most notably, and I, it's it's Jonathan Quick is the most notable one that has come right. up to a lesser extent, Jeff Carter. Um, and I guess it's a good time. Maybe we could talk about how well Cal Peterson has played mm-hmm. and how that has directly affected the Jonathan Quick rumors. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because we we spoke of this somewhat hypothetically and in hushed tones and being very careful because we we didn't even want to we we almost didn't want to vocalize what we were thinking about last episode that maybe maybe we would we were at that point where you would consider trading quick and we almost brushed it off just as quickly we were just kind of almost like half jokingly saying and then next thing I know the following week it's all just. It's guys who are legitimately connected with the team coming out and saying exactly what we had talked about. And I was like, huh, so it's, it's, it's happening then, huh? It's potentially happening here. And a lot of it is because of what you said is because Peterson's actually been playing really well. Granted, it's a small sample size, but I mean, if you want to really think back, how much of a sample size did we have from Jonathan Quick before he became the king starting goaltender? It, it was all within one season, basically. It was like a training camp. We showed up, and all of a sudden, he was our, he was our starting guy. Yeah. Um, a big difference, obviously, is options back then yes. versus now, because Jonathan Quick's an option. But um, it, 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 is, it is an interesting conversation, because Cal Peterson looks like he's the real deal. Um, looks like he has all the tools to be the number one goaltender of the Kings in the future. But the big question is like, how long is the transition period that the that management is looking at? How long of a turnaround are they realistically thinking it, this will be? Because like we said, the five year, six year rebuild thing, I think it's in the past. I don't think those things happen anymore. You're going to retool quick as fast as you can, and if the Kings get a Jack Hughes or a top, they're going to get a top four pick, I guess, no matter what. Should they end? in 31st place um you get one of those kids how quickly does that change your fortunes and how how quickly are you ready to go ahead with a young team keeping a few veterans so those are the big questions that i see would i love to keep a jonathan quick as a let's say a backup in a perfect world yes but the salary cap world is anything but perfect right at 5.8 million especially to have a backup goaltender is, is just you can't do that not anymore Right. And I think that's that's a couple key things is that he is signed to a deal that makes him tradable, right? Like it, it's a decent enough number where I Cap think – Capit-wise, yes. Yes, where I think different teams would still want him at his age at that cap number. Uh, same kind of situation with Carter, I think, is that, yes, he's still got a lot of years left on that deal, but it's at a very palatable number. And so a lot of teams would be interested in acquiring him and you could potentially get a lot of assets back for both of those guys. The other key thing is that both of those guys don't have any no trade or no movement clauses, which is also kind of a rarity these days. Um, and for better or for worse, that makes them targets of potential trade. You know, I mean, if you if you were to kind of think about the roster right now and which guys are more than likely not going to be moved, I think Kopitar, Dowdy are blocks. I don't think those guys are for going anywhere. For various reasons, yes. Right, right. For various reasons, they're not going anywhere. I think Brown is pretty much a lock. Yes. Because he's still, again, 
even though a couple of years ago his deal seemed like it was overpriced for what you're getting for right now i think he's playing really great hockey and he's had a bit of a renaissance in his career and i don't think they have any interest in moving him given what he's providing both on and off the ice for Mm -hmm. the team Mm -hmm. um i think then you start getting into some of the younger guys that i i sincerely don't see them moving i think i follow luff by this point as i think established himself as as a legitimate guy that they can use on this team going forward um and then you start getting into the names that I don't really know which way it's going to go. Jake Muzzin is is always a question mark. I think it depends on what type of offers you get and and where you think you're going to be able to go in terms of re-signing him. And if you want to re-sign him once his deal is up in a couple of years, I I feel almost all but certain that Alec Martinez is is going to be gone by the end of this year just because he's a little bit older. He's a little bit um, brings a little bit different element of a game than Muzzin does. And I think they would be more willing to part with him. Uh, Tyler Toffoli is is another one that I think is, He's an interesting is kind of up one. in the air. He's right? a very interesting case. Uh, he is – he's playing well. The last right. five games or so, he's been playing really well. In fact, I, I think Kempe, Sherbeck, Toffoli, that line has looked good. They've, they're it generating. Has. They look fast. They look dangerous. They're just not really scoring per se. Campy's chipped in a few. Sherbeck obviously had that one in the first mm-hmm. uh, in his first game. Toffoli has had dozens of looks at the net, good yeah. looks that he on some occasions he has created himself on one-on-one plays, rushes where he's made something out of nothing. So they're playing well. Uh, it, he's the toughest case because if I'm not mistaken, his contract is coming up. Mm-hmm. very soon here he hasn't put up numbers that really would justify him maybe in management mind uh management's mind maybe in fans minds to give him a big raise i don't know if he's performed that well but he is at an age where players whether they've performed well or not feel owed a certain amount of money so his contract situation is going to be interesting and he is that tweener in age where it's like do we keep him he could be that middle layer between our veterans and to guys in the Toffoli's age range. Then you can go into the really the younger kids. Right. So I, I'm going to I'm going to say I'm going to say that um, I think Grant he hasn't put up the numbers despite all the chances he's getting. He's he's about as ice cold as you can as you can possibly find. Um, but I think they end up keeping him. And I'll tell you why, because he's got one year left on his deal before he goes UFA. And so if, and again, this could all change depending on what kind of offer they get, but I think they end up keeping him because he's one of those guys that, like you mentioned, he's not playing badly. He's just, he's just kind of getting unlucky at this point. He's generating high quality chances, but it's just not going in for him. And really it's not going in for anyone right now on the rest of the team. But I think if this, if this is still the situation next year, I don't think you've lost anything. I think you still you're still able to trade him for reasonable assets next year, if if it seems like it's still you know not going in the direction you want it to go. Right. Plus, uh, he would be then he would be a true deadline acquisition for another team, making that a far more palatable trade maybe for both sides. So that's there's that aspect to it too. So he is interesting. He's 26 years old. They probably, I think I'm with you, they probably do end up keeping him in this first purge. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in the second one, we'll have to kind of wait and see. So 
I also think, obviously, I think you mentioned this in Ayafalo and Kempe would right. probably be a part of that, uh, the team moving forward next season. Um, so let's talk about, we mentioned Sherbeck. Let's talk about Sherbeck and let's talk about uh, Brendan Leipzig, a couple of mm-hmm. waiver wire pickups from the Kings. Sherbeck, I thought was a slam dunk. Leipzig, I did not see coming. So uh, my first impressions on Sherbeck. I thought for sure they're going to get him. I was not surprised that they got him. 22 years old, a very highly touted prospect. In fact, the Kings, uh, from everything we've read, that the Kings were looking to move up to pick him, and they ended up selecting Adrian Kempe in that um, draft. So the Kings were high on him initially. Seems like a real good kid, uh, good head on his shoulders. He had a great first game. Overall, he showed he has tools consistency is an issue with him we've seen now after a handful of games but he is a confident player i like some of the plays he makes and it looks like he has the potential to be a player for the kings at least in the short term now the interesting thing with him is he is an rfa at the end of the Mm -hmm. season so the kings would have to work to retain him uh but again it's so there's so much uncertainty with where this team is headed that i don't even i won't even say it's a slam dunk that they keep him but we'll have to see. Uh, I would right. say smart money is he'd probably be kept. Yeah, and I think the advantage that the Kings have is that he's probably not going to cost them very much to to stick around, even if he is an RFA. Like, he hasn't had enough experience at the NHL level and hasn't really proven much for for to justify much of a raise, I think. Even if it's a short-term, one- or two-year deal to kind of give him a full season with the, with the team and – Almost right, like a show me contract. Yeah, yeah. Something like that I think is, is reasonable. And I think there's enough talent there where where you want to give it a shot. I mean, I I think it's it's so hard because this team in general, from the management, from the coaching side, everything is in such a huge transition that I think a lot of these younger guys even Kempe to some respect, uh Sherbach, Leipzig, all these guys that they're picking up, Luff. They're operating right now with an interim coach in a very, very fluid season where it's not really clear which one of their line mates is, is still going to be around through half of the year. Injuries have riddled the Kings forward, you know, forward lineups significantly as well. And so I think for a lot of these guys, this is just kind of a weird year of being able to just see how they can perform at the pro level consistently. And I'm willing to bet that Blake is going to keep a lot of these guys and hope to inject a bit of consistency in the summer in the form of a, a full-time new coach, full training camp, new roster, and let's just see who's got what. I think they're right now they're picking up these guys off of the waiver wire like Leipzig, like Sherbeck, because they're seeing something in them that they think that they can build around. They, they're seeing something in them that still has the potential and they're not just doing it for this season. I think they're doing it more so with the idea of where they want this team to go by next year. Yeah, certainly that could be that could be it. Um, Leipzig, what do you think about him? He's played a handful of games. I, I, I've enjoyed watching his game, honestly. Like I think he's he's kind of a pesky player. He's a smaller guy, but doesn't seem like he's afraid to kind of get in there and and get a little gritty. Um, I don't really know how much of a scoring touch he has. I think he's he's better suited as a third line forward potentially. I think but, so. But yeah, but I think I think he's got a I think he's got a good game to him, honestly. It's 
you know, if you're looking to if you're looking to get guys like that, if you're if you're focusing on getting top end talent elsewhere, and you want a couple guys who can be good glue guys going forward, who could who can contribute here and there, but are speedy or chippy, can forecheck well. I think he's he's good in that way. Yeah, you know, he kind of reminded me of a faster but less skilled Chris Versteeg in the way he plays and the way sure. he, he moves around in the zone and the way he works the corners despite his size and all that. Right. I'm not like, look, I'm not like thrilled. I'm not overly excited. But like you said, a bottom six type player uh, moving forward, if you're going to have a younger team, it seems like a hardworking guy, a meat and potatoes kind of player. Sure. Right. Why not? Uh, with Sherback, I'm a little more excited in what he as could it should be. I mean, Sherback's a first do. round pick, he, correct, right? Like, correct. Yeah. He's a, a high end talent, at least in theory. Right. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, interested in him. Were you surprised they didn't take Valentin Zikov? Um, yes and no. I think, I think in the back of their heads, they were just like, we moved this guy for a reason. We felt comfortable moving him in the first place. Yes, he's putting up these numbers, but I think they had enough of a history with him where maybe they just felt that no need to no need to go back and tread on that. And maybe they had an indication that Sherback was going to be coming down the wire and they preferred him. I don't know. But I I'm I guess I was surprised only because he was doing so well in the AHL in terms yeah, of numbers and things like that. But I was less surprised because this is someone that they had a chance with before. This is someone who they had seen his development. They had a, an idea of what kind of a player he was going to be. And even though, you know, we had our opinions of him, maybe maybe they just felt like they needed to just keep moving in a different direction rather than try and go down the path that they had gone down once before. Yeah, and realistically, you he, seem less surprised. You seem like you were more surprised. Sorry, I was. I was a little more surprised in that. It was a free shot at a player, like you said, who had such great success in the AHL. Um, but one thing that always stuck out to me is is that he hasn't done it in the NHL. Like, right. he, granted, he, it's it's not a big sample size. He's played 28 games. He has 11 points. Three of those games are now with Edmonton, where he didn't get on the score sheet. But if he's not an offensive player in your top six, then I don't know what he what you could do with him. Another, yeah. another thing is that he's not the fastest skater he's a grinding type forward he's a you'll get in the corners for lavian but like with upper body strength too you know like a real willing just a giant ass willing to grind willing to battle all those things just be but the foot speed i think was always a concern with him this again the surprise came in like things were going so bad that when you have the opportunity to grab a player for free and all these trade rumors are swirling and just it's such a I don't know it was almost a toxic situation mm-hmm. I felt like they would grab him for sure after the fact though I did understand why they didn't and especially when you see Sherback coming down uh the pipeline and you grab him I totally get that too so yeah no harm no foul I suppose no no big loss it doesn't seem like he's impactful in Edmonton again three games that's crazy to say yeah. but there we are. Not, I think. I think a lot of this season is 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 going. They might not admit it, but I think there's an acceptance overall that this season there has shot. to be, man. There yeah. has to be. Like, here's. Let, I want to revisit the Pearson trade real quick sure, because sure. based off what you said, they they trade Pearson for Hagelin. That trade screams to me that they still thought 
that they had a shot at making the playoffs this season. It's the mm-hmm. only thing that makes sense to me. I, I'm having a hard time believing that a Carl Hagelin at the trade deadline could land you more than Tanner Pearson at that sure. moment. Now, his value was at an all-time low. I'll give you that. But so how much higher now, truthfully? Are you talking about Pearson's? I mean, well, he had, he had prob- a good couple initial games in Pittsburgh, but it's slowed down again for him if you look at it. Sure, sure. Uh, fine. Let's say that is true and even now. But it just I have a hard time believing that if Carl Hagelin, what's he going to return you, a third at the deadline? Yeah. I don't yeah. think we're getting a second. I think that's maybe asking a bit much for a player. Well, especially who, with well, him he's being injured hurt. now. Yeah. Right? Um, let's say he wasn't. Could he have landed a second? I, I don't know. But I have a hard time believing Tanner Pearson couldn't. Could not land the same return as a Carl Hagelin will at the deadline. I don't know. I could be wrong. It, maybe someone will actually go completely crazy at the deadline and give us a second for a Carl Hagelin. But anyway, to me, that trade showed me that the Kings thought, hey, we could salvage this thing. Let's get a player who's going to bring something to the table. Mm-hmm. Obviously, <laughs> understatement of the year did not work out. Now, it's clear that this season is all but lost in mm-hmm. many ways. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to win 50 games or whatever the hell. I don't even know if they have that many left. It just It's not going to happen. I've accepted this. I'm sure now the Kings, you know, I would be – really really heartbroken if they're sitting around right now blake and robotai and saying like what do we got to do to turn this thing around this season right dude no right no so yeah yeah i think i think they're they're way more realistic about it and i think when you look at who is on the roster right now and granted some of it is is their hand being forced with again the injuries that they've been having to deal with more recently but i think when you look at who's on the roster who's getting called up who's getting picked up there's a lot of foresight in the moves that are being made there's a lot of let's see who's got what let's see who's potentially worth trading let's maybe display some value to other teams who might be scouting us um I, that's the sense that i get in terms of in terms of watching the games right now and that that actually makes me happy that's been part of why i've been able to enjoy it more is because i can kind of shut out the overall score and i can shadow kind of one person and watch how they're playing and and watch their game evolve from one game to the next and see see what type of strides they're making it actually reminds me of 0809 a lot of ways 0809 was the season where we had kopitar on the roster dustin brown was still considered a young player Alex Frolov was still considered a young player. Drew Doughty's rookie year. Uh, I think Jonathan Quick was not the full-time starter yet, or he was well, getting so Sullivan, there. Well, Sullivan was long gone at that point, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because at this point, I well, yeah. it could have been that season, man, because uh, Justin well, when did we Williams. Get uh, Justin Williams is the trade you're thinking about. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Right. And Justin Williams came to the Kings. I believe it was, it was 0809. So it was at the deadline, mm-hmm. at the 0809 deadline. So starting that 0809 season, Kings had Patrick O'Sullivan yes. on the roster. Yes, they did uh, for 62 games. Right. Yes. And that season, with all that talent, with Drew Doughty's rookie season, like you felt like, you know what? Despite our record, like I'm watching this game or I'm watching this team every game with a ton of excitement because now we're looking at the future. Now we're looking at what's going to happen two, three years from now. For the Kings, of course, it took one season after that for them to be uh, 
not only a playoff team but one of the top teams in the west i believe right like they had a really good season that was a season they had ryan smith uh on the roster for that, that one season i believe or two seasons they had ryan smith that was right. the first season kopitar williams and smith was one of the top lines in the nhl right and that they made the playoffs i think handily if i'm not mistaken i, I can't remember their Point yeah, that, total, that wasn't the year that Kopi's ankle broke. No, that would be the, the next. That year. was the year afterwards because because not oh nine ten is the season the Kings went into the playoffs against right. Vancouver with Kopitar, and it was the first time they had made the playoffs in sweet God uh, two thousand two. They hadn't Terrific. made the playoffs oh two to to twenty ten. We had not seen a playoff series featuring mm-hmm. the Kings, so that was. So that's kind of where I think I'm hoping we're headed with right. this team, so, a quick kind of turnaround. Yeah, so 08, 09, they didn't make the playoffs. They had 79 points. Not a good season. Right, and then 9, 10, they Bam. had 101. Exactly. Look at that jump. Yeah. A 70-something point team to 101 points. Right. And that's why 08, 09 was such a fun season to watch because you knew things were changing. And I'm really, right. really hoping – Next season is is very much like that 08-09 season for the Kings. Again, rebuilds are quicker now. Things happen quicker. But even then, that took one season. Yeah. That took one Drew Doughty and Jonathan Quick, basically, to solidify your back end just like that. Yeah. yeah. I think on that note, it might be worth talking about who, who amongst some of these guys. I mean, we've talked about Leipzig. We've talked about Sherbach. You know, who amongst these guys really stands out to you as someone that gets you excited, gets you, you know, pumped a little bit about the future of this team in well, any way? Well, a couple we haven't seen. So that's okay. kind of the interesting thing. I'll start with them. Then I'll go, kind of go down here. We sure. talked about Peterson. Obviously, he's one of them. Uh, right. th- again, for him to to get – for us to be excited about him, he'd have to kind of be playing at least half the games. So mm-hmm. that's going to be an interesting dynamic. Uh, yet to see – Daniel Brickley in a Kings uniform. Very excited to see him. He got called up, hasn't played yet. Right. Didn't play today. We have one, one <clears throat> fine game from last season. And he looked great. It was his yep. first pro game. Anyway, um, Kale Clegg. Probably mm-hmm. not going to see him this year. Maybe I don't know. Next year, he probably gets some looks. Mm-hmm. Um, Rasmus Kupari. Here is a guy I'm very excited to see because – you know, when they drafted him, he was not that he was an unknown, but there wasn't that much information about him. But now you're hearing mm-hmm. that he is looking like a dominant hockey player. And you're going to get a good Finland. look at him in the World Juniors exactly. by all indications. Exactly. And and then you have, of course, uh, Anderson Dolan. Mm-hmm. You have Gabriel Velarde. Guys who, mm-hmm. who – Anderson Dolan got a very small cup of tea in the NHL. Velarde still battling those injuries. Um, but the one that the one guy that really I look at is Matt Luff. Mm-hmm. Matt Luff looks like a solid NHL player now and in the future. Looks like a guy who's going to be able to score goals. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to see who I could compare him to. I don't think he has that high-end shooting ability of a Tyler Toffoli. Right. But he does remind me a little bit of Toffoli. The way he moves, he's a little quicker. But the way he finishes, there is a little bit of that there. So I'm really, like, really excited about him. Um, again, there's a lot of good coming. Is, uh, half of it we haven't even seen. So right. 
if I had to go one guy, like based on what I've seen, it's probably Matt Love. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think the interesting thing thing that I found with him is that he again, you're you're absolutely right. He doesn't have that high end, you know, quick release shot kind of thing, but he just he finds the soft spots on the yes, ice. Yes. He finds, you know, the areas where he needs to be and he knows how to place a shot well it might not be the quickest release it might not be a a hard shot that's gonna you know cut through three defenders from the top of the circle or something like that and go top corner but he's finding the soft spots on the ice and when he's there the puck's delivered quickly you know what kind of shooter he is justin williams yeah that's the kind of shooter he is williams never I mean, obviously he had some beauty shots, but he never had that high-end shot where you're like, wow, it's an overwhelming. Right, he just knew right. how to score. Right. Soft spot scorer. He just get in the right place, give him the puck, he's probably going to score. Right. Now, if he has that clutch gene too, we're in good shape, obviously, but very much like that in terms of his scoring ability. So, yeah, he's he's an exciting player. I don't think we've seen enough of Sheldon Rempel either mm-hmm. to really kind of say either way. Yeah. And I mean, every, every time they send this guy down, he, he just lights, lights it, up. it up in the AHL. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so, so clearly there's, there's something there. There's the drive there for sure. Um, so yeah, that, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good coming around. I think, I think I follow has also taken a lot of steps this season Agreed. compared to last season. I think last season he looked a little bit lost at times and you could, you could tell that, he was a great piece on that line and fit immediately in and and was contributing in maybe not directly on the score sheet but in different ways. But I think he's really taken a step in the right direction already this season to show that he wants a bit more responsibility. He wants to contribute more on the score sheet. He's driving more to the net. He's looking to create more, even if he's not finishing it necessarily, but he's looking to make more room for Kopitar and Brown on that line. And so it's nice to see that evolution as well. I think he he kind of we we almost take him for granted in a lot of ways, quite frankly. Like you forget that this guy's in his second year. He came out of, of nowhere. He was signed as a college free agent out of nowhere, and immediately was playing first line and hasn't given up that spot. Like if there's one line that's not questioned at any point right now, it's Brown, I follow Kopitar. That line is, is your top line at the moment. Agreed. Absolutely. And look at these names we just mentioned. Luff, I follow Rempel, Peterson, all undrafted players, Yeah. all yeah. undrafted and signed by Rob Blake and company. Yeah. As and there's and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. All these guys, I think, are, there's are everything contribute. right with that. If, that yeah. if you're if these guys are picking your organization to play with Daniel Brickley, right? Like the guys we have excitement about are guys that chose to come to this organization and play, and that that bodes well for the Kings. That bodes really well because that's the next wave of players. They might not be those top guys. Maybe the top guys are. The transition for the top guy is going to be like a Kopitar to a Velarde or, I don't know, a Brown to a Kupari. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But that second layer of guys, that's that really bodes well for the team. And that, yeah, or maybe re- the top really guy's exciting. coming. I mean, we are going to get a, a high draft pick this year, and maybe that's, that's where your top end guy is going to come from. It might not be Jack Hughes, but there's plenty of guys in the top five who – who could really help a team like us turn around. This is a deep draft, ladies and gentlemen, much deeper than last year's. Um, And some would say even deeper than the Velarde draft. 
So it, it's it's a good one, and I hope the Kings can really stockpile some first round picks. Right. Um, who gets you a first? Like that's that's the question now. If because yeah. if I'm the Kings, I, I'm trying to get firsts first and foremost. I think right. it doesn't take a brilliant GM to say that. Looking at the roster, man, who gives you a first? Will Jeff Carter land you a first? Does Jake Muzzin land you a first? Does Jonathan Quick land you a first? Should you decide to trade those three guys, which is not an easy decision? Yeah, I, I would say that personally, I think you still get a first out of all three of those guys. I think you get a first easily out of Muzzin or Quick. At least, at least a first out of Muzzin or Quick. Carter becomes a bit more difficult because he's not producing much and there's the the concerns of whether he's fully recovered from the injury whether that's what's holding him back but I, I i think he's done enough on his resume in the playoffs especially to show that a first round pick is is you know worth giving up for him i mean especially if you look back and you look at some of the trades that have been made at the deadline who's gotten first round picks who's gotten like multiple second round picks and all sorts of ridiculous stuff like that the, jeff carter should get you a first round pick i think there's there's no question about that his contract might be concerning. It's a, such a sweet cap hit. The length might be concerning to some teams, but you could say the same thing about Quick's contract. So right. it's going to be interesting. Um, a lot of hints. I mean, forget hints. You know, guys covering the team really just straight out saying, like, this is happening. Yeah. S- starting in 2019, this is happening. The, yeah. These guys, a lot of guys you like are packing their bags and they're going to leave. Uh, you know, it, it's one thing to hear about it from uh, John Hoven, from Dennis Bernstein, the guys around the team. But when John Rosen <laughs> goes off, I don't yeah. know if you, if you saw his one uh, uh, entry into the LA Kings Insider blog where he just said, look, like it's it's clear now this team is either going into a rebuild or a mini retool. Like there's right. no question about it at this point. And he's rarely that candid, which which is understandable given his position. But, I mean, you could now pretty much take it to the bank. Um, those yeah. are reliable sources telling you, ladies and gentlemen, players you love that you maybe never thought in the summer would get traded are probably going to get traded yeah. in short uh, short order here. That's, it sucks. It sucks. But, I mean, that's what happens. That's what happens when a team's losing, you know? And in, and in some ways, I'm I'm always of the opinion that in some ways you owe it to the player as well. You owe it to to a guy like Jonathan Quick or maybe to Jeff Carter, who, yeah, maybe maybe this is the the start of the tail end of their career, but maybe maybe they deserve a shot on another team that's a bit of a, more of a contender to win something else before they retire. Because you'd like to think that the Kings can turn this around in two seasons, but who's to say that in two seasons, you know? These guys are even performing to the level that they are now. Maybe they they dip even further. I I, I don't feel fully confident that a thirty four year old Jonathan Quick is going to be playing very well. I I can't even fully confidently tell you, given all the injuries, that he's going to be able to play at all, or much less a thirty six year old, thirty seven year old Jeff Carter. I'd like to think they're timeless, but they're not. They're human. You yeah. know. The interesting part about all this is you mentioned they maybe they want a shot. Maybe, but the other side of it is maybe they don't. Maybe they feel they've accomplished everything they want and they just rather stay in Los Angeles with their families and all that where they've built a life. Um, And then the other aspect to this is they might not have a no move, no trade 
But I think given what they've done for your organization, you're probably going to move them to a place they want to go to. Right, right. And that's just a respect thing. Like if Jonathan Quick, if I'm trading a Jonathan Quick, I'm going to show him the respect and say, hey, man, where do you want to go? If we are moving you and it sucks that we are, I'm going to make sure you go to a place you want to go to. Mm -hmm. So that how much of an effect does that have on their trade value? Do you that because that eliminates best deal available? right Mm -hmm. off the bat now you don't have to maybe share it with the other team or anything like that but you know it it is interesting because i have a hard time believing that they're gonna just treat them like numbers at this point it's one thing to to just trade someone it's another thing to make sure they land where they want to land so it's all going to be very fascinating um which one vardy would hurt you (laughs) as a fan the most i know you said they're not timeless and uh the logo over the player all the time uh that's what we preach here but which one of these guys is really gonna sting when when and if they if and when they walk out quick it's a layup isn't it i mean it's just just homegrown talent that kid came out of nowhere saved this franchise man you you don't have him you don't have two cups it's as simple as that i mean if you don't have Jeff Carter, you probably don't have two cups either. But it it all starts and ends with with your goalie, man. If you don't have a goalie, you you don't have anything. Especially with this franchise who had goalie issues, I mean, and likely has had goalie issues outside of maybe I don't know five or six of the fifty plus seasons right. they've existed um, before. Quick, I should say. So yeah, <laughs> it's uh. I, without a doubt, it's it's quick. Yeah. It's quick. It's the toughest one. Homegrown talent was there for the worst, the lowest points. Uh, was there for the height of it. Battles. He's a leader. He's a type of guy. He like the team almost took his personality in many mm-hmm. ways. People say the team takes the personality of a coach, um, which is true. I think the Kings, in the years they were good, did take the personality of their coach, but. I don't think anyone mirrored the personality of the coach more than Jonathan Quick did. Uh, you saw it the way he battled, even his post-game interviews, simple one-word answers, like mm-hmm. just didn't want to deal with it. He almost became like what that team stood for. I'll never forget, like we're, we're already doing like a, a yeah, eulogy I'm, on the a guy. Memoriam. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that San Jose series where the Kings came back from the three nothing deficit, I think it was in game. Boy, I can't remember. I want to say it was in in game two when the Sharks were just piling on the goals. Yeah, like one after another. It was a big score, and it was a big score. And the Sharks kept putting their big power play units on and kept just burying the Kings. And I remember Quick like left his net, went to the bench, and like skated down the bench and talked like to everyone. And he was very confident. He was very aggressive in his manner. He was just like, this. it looked like he was saying, look at these MFers. Look what they're doing. Like, look, we're going to get him back. And that's just straight up just guts, dude, leadership. And that's if it does happen, I think it's going to be friggin' sad. It's going to be a sad yeah. day in King's Land. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a sad business. It's sometimes. episode 32, so we might as well, right? I mean. Damn it. <laughs> Now you're going to make me regret 
dedicating this to Czech Monica, aren't you? I think we all know <laughs> we really wanted to dedicate it to. Um, what else we got, Vardy? World Junior Championship. That's right. The, the saga of Gabe Velarde's back. He continues. He's now so. I'm gonna try to get a timetable on this thing. He was out obviously for a while. Um, started practicing with the team in a no contact jersey. They took him off the no contact jersey. He was cleared to go to Ontario. Went to Ontario for a three game stint, conditioning stint. Uh, or on the last game, I believe they pulled him because he had an injury. Panic. So I, I, I don't even think he made it out of warm ups. Okay. I, don't, I don't think okay. he even he even came out on. The, I think he played three games, and then by the third game, he looked a little off. Not that I watched the games, but from everything that I kind of read, is that it was the least impressive of the of the mm-hmm. three that he was playing, and then he never even came out for warmups for the fourth game. Okay, so right. then we the panic started to creep in. Another injury for this kid. Uh, a day later, he's everyone's like, he's fine, everything's fine. <laughs> And we are loaning him to Canada for, for the World Junior Championship. Um, first day of camp, he was not on the ice, and neither was Jared Anderson Dolan. Right. Uh, has he been on since? Um, I'm not sure. I thought I thought he had had him and Anderson Dolan had had some ice time, but not with the group. I thought it was just kind of individual. Mm-hmm. Workout stuff. Okay, I'm not completely get sure. I thought you might. I'm not either. I, I I seem to remember seeing a post of of them potentially being out there, but it wasn't like a with big group drills or anything. Um, yeah, because okay, Anderson so, Dolan's coming off of a of, off a wrist injury. Yes, I think that so isn't that's fully. What it is. They're both still dealing with injuries. They haven't. They're not going to suit up for Canada's game, obviously, which I think right. a few hours ago they they didn't play. So, but they are coming close to returning now. So. I suspect, uh, I don't know, I want to, you know, a year ago. You don't want to speculate, but. <laughs> yeah, a year ago he was a slam dunk, Velarde was, to be on that team. Um, now, I don't know, there's a lot of good talent there. Uh, same with Anderson Dolan, not a slam dunk by any means, so we'll see. Um, Rasmus Kupari, going to be on that Finland team, mm-hmm. no doubt mm-hmm. about it. Mikey Anderson. Yep, for Team the, USA. For the United States. Um Matt Vilalta, the, right, the for prospect, uh, goaltending prospect, uh, has been skating with Canada. So, yeah, it's so a great there's, tournament, there's, man. Yeah, I love that so tournament. if you can if you can carve out the time, and I think it is going to be on NHL Network. It usually is. It's uh, it's always fun to watch, and especially now that you know you've got a few Kings players in high end positions. Um, yeah. I've offset best tournament in hockey. Sometimes it's better than the Stanley Cup playoffs it's because it's a ton of fun. Yeah, it really is. Just they go crazy. Yeah, they, they just they really do. They caution these, to the wind, and it's yep, fantastic. They, they throw everything they possibly have, and if you want to be particularly patriotic, the the U.S. team has apparently just been crushing everything on the international circuit for the last little while so i wonder you could if jack very... hughes has anything to do with that party. maybe maybe okay maybe i don't want to speculate but uh god I yeah want, i want that guy I, we all do we all do you talk you about can... you talk about expediting a rebuild good god it, like i mean 
you, you go beyond expediting. You secure your franchise basically for the next 10 years at least, if not longer. Um, what are some of these nutty comparisons? Um, what have we heard? Austin Matthews, heard, Jack I've Eichel. Eichel. I've heard Eichel uh, comparisons a lot, and so, I'm sure that's easy to make because, yeah. you know, U.S., U.S., and stuff like that. But Someone said McDavid, and I said just nah. stop right there. <laughs> stop right there. I don't want to hear it. I've been hearing about McDavid since he was like 12 years old. I, I don't know if I've been hearing quite as much about Jack Hughes, but that's yeah. not to take anything away from him. But yeah, it would be what a tremendous moment that would be if we could land. I mean, this kid. Uh, that'll be a later episode. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure we'll, we have all seasons to talk about that. I suspect yeah. the Kings will be hovering <laughs> around the same spot they're in right now for most of the season because the injuries, man, the injuries have been out of Dude. this world crazy. It's almost right. like. If I didn't know any better, Vardy, it's almost like management is like if if you have a headache, <laughs> okay, you're on the IR. If That's you right. have a bruise, you're on the like. That's I, right. I have a theory about the Kovalchuk thing, and, and since you are um, our local doctor, our resident mm-hmm. doctor, which by the way, folks, Vardy is a doctor, and we're not just saying that because it sounds cool. Um, the Kovalchuk ankle thing, I want to ask you about. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is that? Was the procedure he had? It's a bursectomy. Okay, a bursectomy. Mm-hmm. Now I have a theory, Vardy, that okay. he had this ankle issue in the summer, mm-hmm. and I have a theory that that he said, you know, I'll play through it. Doctor said, yeah, he could probably play through it. And as soon as the shit hit the fan, and <laughs> Willie D decided to bench a friggin' five hundred goal scorer, um, the King said, you know what, big fella, we're gonna shut you down. <laughs> you're gonna get that ankle cleaned up i know you said you could play through it and and that we we're gonna have the surgery next summer we're gonna shut you down right quick here that's my theory what say you doc i mean it's possible <laughs> it's certainly possible um yeah i mean i guess it's 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 possible um Bursitis is just it's a just a fluid sac basically that exists to kind of help cushion the tendon so they're not rubbing up against the bone and you've got them all over your body and wherever there's a lot of tendons running through like in your knee in particular and your ankle uh, elbow um, so it's certainly possible that he was having some element of it and it was irritating him mm-hmm. and then it got some extra irritation That's, perhaps go, from a mustachioed man <laughs> it got super irritated i understand yeah. that's right he's probably kicking the bench and flared up the bursa um but that being said um thankfully it's an easily recoverable injury and hopefully cooler heads will prevail and nate thompson is no longer playing on the first line and you know maybe maybe now's the time where things get better and by the new year Kovalchuk comes back and they hash it out. They give each other some daps and we actually see <laughs> Kovalchuk playing healthy and where he should be playing. Um, yeah. Uh, I, don't Could wanna, happen. I don't want to, I don't want him to be one of the trade pieces for the Kings. Yeah, I, I don't want that either. I don't want that either, even though I realize it's certainly a possibility. It is. Um, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's that's just me wanting to see more of him in a Kings jersey. That's a, that's part of it. I don't. 
I don't argue that at all. I just I don't think right now I just I don't see what the benefit is of trading him other than getting the cap space. Obviously, that's a big benefit if you really break it down. But I think, and I've said this, like when you get you when you go young, you still need veteran players to surround those young players. So they right. they do have things to learn. And by the way, everything we've read about Kovalchuk is he's an incredible professional. He right. trains like an animal. He was a pro throughout this whole Willie D nonsense. Never complained, uh, at least not you know in public. <laughs> anyway, so I, I have no issue keeping him around. Um, who else is injured? Martinez is now on the IR. Martinez is on IR. Clifford, obviously, with that hit from during the Vegas game, that yes is. Still rubs me the wrong way. It blows my freaking mind that there was no penalty or a suspension or a slap on the wrist or a fine or, you know, a wagging of the finger, nothing. They were just kind of like, yeah, that's okay. Hey, it's all right. It's, yeah, all right, moving on. Drop the puck. So just, yeah. That's neither here nor there. That's just irritating, you know, inconsistencies. Um, but Clifford's out, and God knows how long he'll be out, man. He's had a concussion history, and that. That looked like a full-on head whipping side-to-side kind of hit. So, for his sake, just take your time, man. Now's not the now's not the time to be a hero and come back early. Um, Fanuf, yeah, um, Fanuf, with game. that awkward fall into the boards. Not that he was taking up much time anyway, and he looked he'd been looking pretty terrible most of this season as it was. But yeah, he's having a rough go. Yeah. But that's that's another guy who's been out. Um, Haglin, we talked about. You know, uh, we had him for what, like four games before he was out for an extended period of time. Yeah. Brodzinski's been out since the beginning of the season. And that was another guy who was, I think we're all looking forward to seeing and who's kind of chomping at the bit to come in and be uh, a finisher for the Kings. And now, now like no one's even talking about him as an option, quite frankly, Um, all but forgotten in the Kings pipeline. Um, let me see who else <laughs> we had a little scare there with Dowdy potentially being hurt. Thankfully he's an iron man and yeah. he came back. No problem. Um, crazy that guy, man, he's, uh, he's gotta be the most resilient player I've ever seen. And he does not shy away yeah. from contact. Yeah. It is, he comes it back is after, after a, <laughs> and it looks like he got hurt and he took a puck to the wrist is by all indications where he got hurt. Yeah. And comes right back tonight against Columbus and is just throwing body checks like no one's business. <laughs> yeah. Just would have broken a lesser man's hand. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Lewis. Week Trevor to week Lewis. Still. That's Trevor man. Lewis still week to well, week. I guess uh, Jack Campbell. That's given Cal Peterson right. the opportunity. Right. So that, that's what I was going to say is I guess if you want to pull a positive – which sucks to even say, but if you want to pull a positive out of this, is that it's given ample opportunity for right. uh, other players, whether they be from Ontario or rookies, to get the opportunity to, to show what they have at the NHL level. And the Kings desperately needed that this season, apparently. But, but you know what, though? I mean, as much as we've been talking about that and as much as it's been a theme through this episode, look at some of the ice time these guys are still getting. I mean, Matt Luff, who 
has scored more goals than Tyler Toffoli, more goals than Tanner Pearson ever did, is still hovering around 12 minutes of ice time a game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, come on. It still just boggles my mind. It's very, very confusing. It's tough, man. It's tough because there's two ways to look at it. Are they sheltering them from crappy minutes, crappy situations? Are they protecting them? It's not... It's not easy to just break it down and say, you know, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? But I will say when you see Nate Thompson getting those minutes or some guys that just leave you scratching your head, you do wonder why certain guys can't get more opportunity, whether it be on special teams, situations they're not used to, situations where maybe they could show a little more what they could do. So it's uh, it's a tough it's a tough like Alex Iafalo got eighteen thirty five today. Hey, very nice in today's loss to Columbus. Um, that that's by virtue of playing with Andre Kopitar, obviously. Um, Kempe with twelve thirty nine, Leipzig fifteen twenty. Sure, yeah, Sherback ten twenty six, which is. I I don't know. I'm just, I'm just confused. I'm confused. I'd like to see him get a little more than that. I'd like to see Kopi not get more than 20 minutes a game because it's not worth it. Okay. And I'd like to see these younger guys get the extra couple minutes spread out. Of, like, what do you, what do you try? I get last game. Okay. I get against Buffalo. You had a lot of guys hurt. You were a little concerned. You didn't want to, you know, you're still in that game. You're, you're playing with pride. I get it. So you ended up playing Muzzin 27 or 31 minutes or whatever it was. Fine. But one night after night after night on a road trip, like you're giving this guy 23 minutes to what end? You know what I mean? Yeah, 20, a little over 20 today. So that's probably where we want him. But yeah, yeah, I hear you, man. Uh, I don't like Paul. And can, and can you honestly? And can you honestly tell me that these younger guys have been playing so poorly? No, not you at can't, all. You can't give them the minutes that you not have to give it to Nate Thompson. You have to give it to. You know, it just it doesn't make any sense to me. No. Sorry, no. you were saying no, you were going to bring up saying, Paul Ledoux. Yeah, I don't like Ledoux's 12 minutes and 21 seconds today. Look, he was on the ice for three goals against. A lot of people dumping on him uh, because he was a minus two in the game. He, he was directly, I guess, involved, you could say, defensively in, in three of the goals. But some of those plays, like, I don't know – I don't see how you could really directly blame him for right. for the the goal that followed. That first goal, he gets crossed up with Kempe. I think that it's hard to blame either guy because that's the lack of communication. So you really right. just blame both of them for not figuring it out. But Jim Fox had a great point in that as a defenseman, you cover the front of the net first and foremost. Mm-hmm. So it's two on two down low. Look, I'll say Kempe should have swung down and got the guy. Ledoux should have stayed in front. Ledoux saw that Kempe's going back door. Ledoux starts going to the guy with the puck. Then Kempe starts going to the guy with the puck. And you have a right. tap And then no one's door. got anyone. And then it's just garbage, right? Uh, the second one, he was just alone, down low, trying to take the two-on-one pass away, which he almost did. He got a stick on it. Right. Which Go- came from a turnover, I think, from Muzzin trying to clear the puck. Right. Um, tapping. Not a, not a tapping, but a good shot by Panarin. There, the third goal, Ledoux's covering the front, and it's a shot, quick kicks out the rebound, not blaming either guy. It goes to Panarin, who, I'm sorry, the second goal was not Panarin, it was Sedlak. So the third goal was Panarin. Goes to Panarin, 
it seems like Brown was there, but it should have reacted faster. It's a quick play. Again, like, it looks bad that Paul Adu's on the ice for all three goals, but I don't really think he did anything overly right. wrong there. So, in fact, the, the worst turnover of the game was probably Dowdy, who was going through the neutral zone trying to make a move, and Anderson poked it off his stick and went on a right. breakaway. Dowdy ends up taking a penalty. But, like, you would... Again, I don't blame Dowdy for that. Like, he tried something, it didn't work, you move on. And don't understand why those plays warrant 12 minutes of ice time for Paul right. Lidu. I'm not an NHL coach. Fine, I get it. Like, they see things that I probably don't. But, and I told you this, I don't think I've seen Paul Lidu make more than a handful of really egregious errors at the NHL level. I just haven't. Does he make small mistakes? Sure. Uh, does that mean everything's okay? No, he needs to clean some things up. But... I just don't understand how Oscar Fanberg deserves absolutely so many more that's, games that's, and so much more ice time than Paul Ledoux. I just don't see exactly, it. That's exactly where I was going to say is because, again, you have to decide at some point, are you playing these guys because, I don't know, you, you don't want to lose or are you playing these guys because you want them to get better, you want them to get in-game experience, and you want to see what you have for the future of this team? Because if that's the case— Oscar Fantenberg is not a piece of this team moving forward. Okay. He's not, he's maybe a guy that you keep around one year after the next, after the next, because you just want a a solid bottom pairing guy that you can throw in there, but you're not going to go out of your way to keep Oscar Fantenberg. Paula do is a guy that they went after from college. They brought him in with a decent amount of hype. And for the last three years, it's just kind of been this, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there, not really playing them, not really. So it's like you either have to kind of shit or get off the pot at some point here. And you're not going to figure that either way by giving him 10 minutes of ice time one way or the other. You either put him in a position where he's going to make or break or you just give it up and you stop acting like this is someone that you actually still have some sort of, you know, high Plan hopes for. for. Yeah. Right. By the way, he's outscored Fattenberg. Uh, plus minus they're around the same right if you watch if you just watch the game i i i feel like i remember fanberg making more severe errors say look look even beyond him then paul i feel like i have seen more Derek forbert errors (laughs) in in this season than i have seen in all of paul ladue's games combined i mean I get that Forbert, again was a first round pick for this team they spent a lot of time developing him he's a bigger guy Stronger, but come on, probably, man. Yeah. yeah, but come on. Like, I mean, we're we're not we're not judging people on a level playing field anymore. If that's the case, yeah, you can't keep giving one guy twenty minutes of ice time and the other guy twelve minutes of ice time because of whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're going to punish everyone for every goal that they give up, you're not going to have anyone playing. This team sucks right now. <laughs> it, it's the plain and simple. You. I don't know. It's just, it's, this is the conflict I think that you get by having someone like Willie Desjardins as an interim coach, because you're bringing a guy in who is coaching with the intention of getting a permanent job for himself. He's not coaching. He's not coaching for the sake of helping your organization long-term. He doesn't care if he gets fired at the end of his season, which he more than likely is, or let go or whatever, or doesn't get contract again. He does not care what happens to your team going forward. He is trying to win games because 
he thinks that that's how he's going to land a permanent gig either here or somewhere else. Correct. So he doesn't care for you if Paul Ledoux develops well. He doesn't care if you know Nikita Sherbach looks good playing 16 minutes a night. Is he winning games? That's all he cares about. So if that means riding Kopitar's, you know, 35 minutes <laughs> – 35 minutes of ice time a game or Muzzin or whoever, if he thinks that's what's going to get him wins, that's what he's going to do. So that's, that's one of the, that's one of the many, many problems I have with the Willie Desjardins hiring is because you would have almost been better off having one of your assistant coaches take over the team and not create this illusion of this is a, this is a long-term tryout for this guy to get a sense of whether he can get hired here or somewhere else. Because I think it puts your players at a disadvantage, as we've already seen multiple times with Kovalchuk and now with the younger guys. Yep. No, I'm with you. It's hard to argue that point. I guess last thing, Vardy, what, watching these games for the rest of the year, how do you approach them as a fan? How are you going to watch them as a fan? How are you going to consume the LA Kings product knowing that the season is essentially lost. Uh, we did kind of touch on the fact that the 0809 season, the way we consumed to watch that season was with hope to the future, see how the young guys are doing. And you did touch on earlier that you're, it's allowed you to focus in on players. Is that essentially what we're doing here? <laughs> I think forward? so. Yeah, I think so. I think um, there's no use in getting angry. Like it just, it just makes you, upset about the game makes you upset about the team makes you upset like the next day like if you're a real fan you kind of carry it with you yeah i, I was i was really angry last episode yeah we got some yeah. feedback about how upset i was <laughs> a couple of our listeners reached out and said i wasn't angry until you got angry right and now i'm angry <laughs> I <was> like <laughs> oh man I, I don't know if i meant to do that but. that's why that's why we're taking a slightly more hopeful tone this time around it's um, i think it's just acceptance yeah you know i accept what we I, I have think, here. But that's okay. That's okay, though. You just accept that this is reality and you accept that, like, this is the team that you have and they're not very good. And the coach that you have is not very good. And he's coaching with a different intention than what the team has going forward. I think you just have to watch it in snippets. I think you go into every game expecting that this is likely going to be a loss. And then when it's not, you're pleasantly surprised. And when it is, you just go, okay, that's what I expected. So who played well? Who impressed me? Who did anything that I can kind of be like, this is, I think it's a, I think it's a good season for a casual fan potentially, or someone who considers himself a really, you know, hardcore Kings fan because of the cup years. And because you got used to seeing a certain type of hockey, I think it's a good season to be a little more analytical. I think it's a good way to kind of like sit back a little bit and, focus in a bit more on how a certain player plays and maybe learn a bit more about the game of hockey and the nuances of the game by watching the game more critically as opposed to just watching and being like oh man they they didn't score they suck they, they lost like that doesn't matter anymore or like why do we keep losing yeah yeah like right just put that thought out of your mind and watch the games with a more critical eye. Watch the games with the intention of seeing what the future can bring and seeing if you can actually see the development and the progress in these players. Have, you know, have a little fun with it. See if you see if who you think is going to be part of this team is actually part of this team seasons from now. Because you'd be surprised a lot of times it's not who you think is going to be around. 
There you go, guys. Doctor's orders. Oh, um, I like and that. I, and I'm honestly, I'm totally in agreement because we look. Uh, this isn't about how long we've been fans, but we've been fans a long time, and this is so to speak, not our first rodeo right. with this kind of performance, this kind of season, and this kind of outlook moving forward for the team. So it's got to reach back. It's been a while, <laughs> kind of, you know, a little rusty on this. But, yeah, you got to start looking at the positives. you got to start looking at what is going right versus what is going wrong because the wrong seems like it's here to stay. Uh, so focus on what's going on in the future. I'm going to be the same way. Uh, our tweets will – look, our tweets will always be a little dark. <laughs> Uh, a little self-deprecating in many ways. We mm-hmm. enjoy that kind of humor. We're trying to be funny. Stripping with sarcasm. Sarcastic, self-deprecating, dark humor. Follow us at <laughs> the Batman Pod <laughs> <laughs> to get more of that. But we'll probably be taking the rest of the year off. We'll probably be seeing you in 2019 unless something really crazy happens between now and then and we have to have some sort of emergency podcast right if it's like some big trade or something wild me and vardy will probably try to get together and throw a quick podcast up before uh but if not guys guys enjoy the rest of your 2018 Mm -hmm. it hasn't been a good one if you like the silver and black it has not been good starting from january this team has not been good yeah um so to better, to better years, Vardy. The 2019 being a better year. Uh, shout out to our listener and friend, the real Big Art. Years ago, he said that 2019 would be the year the Kings capture their first Stanley Cup. He was off <laughs> by seven years. Thankfully, I'm, so I'm sure he's glad. But I, I did <laughs> want to throw that in there because I remember in like 2001, he did some calculations and he said, "Buddy, 2019 is going to be That's the year." Right. The Kings he read the, the tea cup. leaves and busted uh, out a Ouija board and exactly, spoke to the ghost of Terry exactly. Sawchuck and Jack Kent Cook and. <laughs> and we are putting that to rest because 2019 will not be a Stanley Cup nope. year for the LA Kings. Nope. Calling it now, guys. And <laughs> remember this hot take. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like we said, guys, follow us at the Bannerman Pod. Our w- website is uh, bannermanpodcast.com. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We love doing this. We love doing this. 2018 was technically our second year in mm-hmm. terms of the calendar yep. that we that we got to do this. Can't wait for 2019. Can't wait for episode 33. Things might be different, Vardy. Things might be really different. Probably. Probably. Thank you, guys. Um See you next year. Happy holidays. Be safe. You've been listening to The Bannerman, an L.A. Kings podcast.